Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. Come on. Austin, Texas, Central Texas, and worldwide. Y'all, what's going on, man? It's Tyler Campbell live and wild on your radio dial. It is a plump, pleasing pleasure. Yo, it is an absolute joy. Another day, and this has been the weekend that we have been waiting on. Tyler Campbell here. Mr. Real Life, Real Talk himself, your hostess with the mostest. No matter the weather, this is where birds of a feather, they come to flock together. At 12 p.m., ladies and gentlemen, at 12 p.m., it's my time to bring you the sunshine. And from the north to the south to the east to the west, listen, please do not stress. And the reason being is because you know, listen to me, you know you are blessed. So we're going to get this thing rocking and we're going to get this thing rolling And this will be a show that is definitely going to enlighten your spirit and bring an absolute joy over to your heart. I am excited. April the 1st has now come to fruition. Yo, we are here. It's a pro play MS day. It's the day that, um, I don't know, you you work around the clock. You work for years at a time to put forth an event that is going to bring joy and harmony into hearts of a population, into hearts of the city, into hearts of the world that we know we are leaving things a lot better than the way that we found them. And so to for, to, for the Pro Play MS Day to finally come and for us to have our barbecue and boots and our reach on the road, uh, educate, elevate, collaborative panel. And y'all know I can't be more excited um, to know that what we are doing today, being a part of this city, um, <clears throat> we, what we're doing here is changing the world. And none of this could be done without you all as listeners, without the Horn platform, without Pro Player Foundation, without the entire Campbell family, family members, friends, members of the community of Austin. Y'all, yo, let's go so we can grow, ladies and gentlemen. This is real life, real talk. Uh, so I come to the microphone with a certain level of enthusiasm, another level of excitement, another level of passion and joy when you know that we are about to change the world for the better. Um, For those of you who don't know, uh, my name is Tyler Campbell, and I'm somebody who's been living with multiple sclerosis ever since 2007. First person to ever play Division I college football with this autoimmune disease. And ever since then, it is about utilizing the voice. It is about bringing forth unity. It is about bringing forth community uh, towards a cause and just bettering uh, bettering any other individual, bettering anybody who who chooses to come across this radio platform in an eloquent way that causes words and phrases to stick and builds catalysts within us to change the world for the better. I mean, that's what Real Life Real Talk is all about. 
So sweet sending your text messages, 512-337-3776. Um, you still have time at ProPlayerFoundation.org. ProPlayerFoundation.org to still purchase your tickets and to still register for our educational panel. Our event will take place at the Hyatt Regency Hotel. All right. At 5 p.m., our educational panel, which will feed, which will feature myself and three other doctors, y'all. That thing will take place and it's all for free. Um, if you get your tickets now, you can come to the higher Regency. You can be a part of this educational panel. Um, learn about MS. Learn how to deal with the nuances of the disease. Uh, learn how to advocate for your health care. Um, learn how to educate your family. Learn of the things that you need to express or conversate with um, with your doctor to get the care that you need. Those are the topics uh, that we are going to discuss and a whole, whole lot more. That starts at 5 p.m. Go to ProPlayerFoundation.org to get your tickets and then purchase your barbecue and boots tickets for our function that will start at 6.30 going to 10 p.m. We have the Band of Heathens as our, our musical entertainment. We have 19 of the best restaurants in the city of Austin serving free food and drinks all night long. Silent auction, and we come together, raise awareness about the disease, and we have a good time doing it. Our NFL Hall of Famers that will be in existence, of course, uh, my father, Earl Christian Campbell, all right? Then you have somebody like Anthony Munoz, uh, Joe Green, uh, Tim Brown, one of the one of the – I don't know. I, I think we have two, ten people in our in our, our our football history who have been members of the NFL Hall of Fame as well as Heisman Trophy winners. And the blessed thing about tonight is you have two of those ten members in the audience, being my father as well as Tim Brown, Notre Dame wide receiver, native Texan, uh, Los Angeles, Oakland Raiders legend who's coming in town, and a host of others. Just got word that Eric Metcalf will be there. Just got word that Cameron Dicker from Lake Travis, Texas, will be there. Host of other individuals who come together um, in support of multiple sclerosis. So, y'all, we combine sports, we combine a good time, and then we combine with changing the world. Mm, and you got a magical recipe for a truly powerful setting. And, uh, yeah, go ahead and get joined to be a part of it. And – you know, I want to kind of get into this really quickly because it came it came across my spirit and it came across my soul. Um, Ty, you know what? We haven't done it in a while, man. Can you hit that TC Speaks for me three times? That's one, my brother. That's two. Give it to me one more. Oh, brother, you got me feeling good. So here's the deal. I want this to marinate on y'all's cerebrum because we're going to go ahead and get to that topic. Write this down. If you build it, they will come. Oh, and I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm taking it back to the early 90s. Shout out to my man Kevin Coster, Mr. John Dutton himself. If you build it, they will come. And when I think about that movie, um, yo, that's always a phrase that's powerful. Like, people know that, but it registers differently in my heart because when it comes to my life, when it comes to the way I view the world, yo, nothing in this world will you accomplish. Whatever goal you set for yourself, whatever things that you're trying to strive for, there is no way in this world you could have a fixated mindset to believe that what you're trying to accomplish, you're going to get there by yourself. And so as you have this goal for yourself, as you have what it is that you're trying to do, if it's trying to crack the starting lineup, if it's trying to become that next great student athlete, if you're trying to be the best father or the best mother that you could possibly be, if it's if it's just waking up to try to be a better overall human being, you're not going to get there by yourself. Now, of course, we know it all starts with the man or the woman looking back at you in the mirror each and every day. We understand that. But yo, we need help. 
We have other shows or, I mean, other things that we're going to have to lean on. We have other people's shoulders that we're going to have to have to stand on. We're going to have to get to a place of asking for help. And if you build something for yourself, it doesn't matter if anybody doesn't support you necessarily outwardly from the very beginning. What matters the most is that you get yourself centered around people who love you for who you are. You let them know about what it is that you're going to try to accomplish and you be okay and them being okay to understand that from time to time you may have to ask for help. Now, understand in that moment, your circle is about to get a lot smaller because not all the time are the people you think that are closest to us are the ones that are going to be there to support you. But the unique thing about life is that life will bring you life will show you people who are in your circle or who are about to be a part of your circle because you are searching for those individuals. So you might not have it right now. But I promise if you build and establish a solid foundation from the beginning, yo, those people will come in your life. And I think that's the sector of why that quote was so much bigger than baseball, right? That that quote was so much bigger than just the movie that Kevin Costner was talking about, bro. He was giving real life, real talk principles um, that manifested in my heart. And as your host, Tyler Campbell, Mr. Real Life, Real Talk himself, that's something that I want to speak and marinate on somebody's cerebrum today. You don't have all the resources. No, you haven't climbed to the top of the mountaintop. No, you don't know how it is that you're going to get to accomplish what it is that you're going to accomplish. But I'm encouraging you to start and to start now so life can start working on bringing you the people who will help you get to that destination that you have routed in your mental GPS. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if you stop worrying, if you can just stop fleeting and just start starting, yo, if you build what it is that you have and keep working on it each and every day because you are fulfilling a gift and trying to walk in your blessed purpose, yo, you will be gifted with people who will help you get to where you want to be. And most importantly, you will bless them in the process because y'all's relationship will also manifest in their hearts and you both will grow simultaneously and whatever it is that you're trying to go after. So my heart is full today because I speak life and I speak hope because there are two other individuals that are going to come to the microphone in our next segment who are very much important and very much um, have done that for me in my life. And so the person you hear over the airways is here largely also because of the two other individuals who are on this microphone today. So when I speak to you and when I give you principles, I'm not just pulling stuff out of the clouds. I'm giving you my heart on my on your I'm I'm giving my heart that I wear on my sleeve personally to you. And um, and then I'm letting you know that what I talk it. Yeah, I've actually walked it. Shout out to Migos because I walk it like I talk it. Um, But I'm going to introduce those individuals on the other side of this break. Let that marinate on your cerebrum in terms of if you build it, they will come. Stop hardening your fears and just get started. And um. I'm excited because my friends, my two teammates, we're going to come to the microphone and we're going to talk about their journeys and their life. And uh, overcoming adversity is something we got to get comfortable with. Yo, let's go, ladies and gentlemen, so we can grow. That's right. Album number 10. Short dogs in the house. It's getting close to the end, y'all. But we're going to kick it like this on the last album. Ah, oh, yeah, y'all. That's it. Let that play for a little bit, Ty. We we done bought the West Coast to the microphone. We done bought South Central Los Angeles to the, to the microphone. If you an 80s baby, you already know that voice that was introduced, man. That, that's, that's the eloquent, the amazing, too short.
from the pride of Oakland. Shout out to my wife, Shannon Campbell, who's listening in. And I just got alerted that I'm supposed to say that my son, Messiah Campbell, is in here. Um, but the two individuals that I get the blessed opportunity to bring to the microphone today, there was a reason why we played that song. This is Tyler Campbell, a.k.a. Mr. TC Speaks. I'm at TC Speaks 32 on all your social media platforms. Welcome <laughs> into another edition of Real Life, Real Talk. Um, if you missed us in the first segment, yo, shame on you. Yo, that let that marinate on your cerebrum topic of the day was if you build it, they will come. What do you need to start building today? Don't worry about what you don't have. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about the finances. Don't worry about where you grew up. Don't worry about the neighborhood in which you come from. Don't worry about what you don't have. Just get started and let life bring you the people you need, because as long as you build it, they will come. Um, so I get the amazing opportunity to introduce the two individuals that I have in the studio with me because piggybacking off of if you build it, they will come. Yo, shout out to you, Nate. Thank you, my brother. He said shout out to the Campbells. I see you, Bing Nate. Um, a big part of what makes today's event, this multiple sclerosis pro play MS day at ProPlayerFoundation.org, starting at 5 p.m. at the Hyatt Regency Hotel, I don't always get to see the individuals that have made such a drastic impact in my own personal life. Um, I went to school on the West Coast, past the inner city college to San Diego State University. By the way, the Aztecs are playing today in the Final Four. I'm trying not to bag, but red and black, here we go. All right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, what I was gifted by taking a chance and going to the West Coast was men from across the country chasing a, a, a football dream. They poured into my life. I went out to California when I was 17 years old, and men who took me underneath their wing, men who had been through their own sets of go-through, men who were just trying to live life, and I was blessed with an added level of brotherhood. And so for me to be able to be here in Austin, Texas, and have two of my brothers in the studio with me today that have made such an impact, and we're just going to get on here and talk real life, real talk. Um, because I want their journeys. I want their perspectives. I want their life principles to ignite a fire underneath your soul and, and recognize that although you may be different, although you may come from a different culture, although um, you may not know or understand uh, where another individual is coming from, that does not mean that you don't have things in common, too. And they are the perfect example of building things. You will get a brotherhood or a sisterhood in your life coming your direction. So today I have Mr. Jamal Walton hailing from New Orleans, Louisiana. You will hear the twang in his voice. And then we have the powerful, the soothing Corey Hall coming to us live and direct from South Central Los Angeles. Stand up. Fellas, how are y'all doing? Ma, how you doing? Corey, how you doing? Man, I'm blessed, man. I'm just enjoying the moment, embracing the moment. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Come on, come glad on. To be here. Come on. Corey, how you feeling, baby? Like my man Ma said, blessed, no stress. Man, we putting God first, and it's all good. All love, all good energy. Hey, now, before today, had any either one of y'all been to Austin, Texas before? First Nick time. Nothing first, for you either? First, first time. So that's, that's what I'm talking about, man. It's so special because my brothers ain't never been here. You know what I'm saying? And so I've gone to see Jamal in the Southeast. I've gone and seen Corey uh, and met him in Inglewood area in California. And so um, I never expect my brothers to be here. And so I genuinely mean it from the bottom of my heart. And I've already told y'all. I'm not saying stuff over the microphone because they've heard it before, y'all. Um, I love y'all. Genuinely. Too, my brother. 
and I'm so thankful y'all are here. So before we get into the topic, I, I, I want them to understand um, my teammates, my brothers are my teammates. Like We played ball together at Pasadena City College. Um, we come from a different perspective than a lot of people who get on the microphone because a lot of our people did not go to junior college. A lot of people get on here first and they're like Division One athlete or they went straight to the university of their choice, D1, D2, D3, NAIA. We have a unique perspective because not a lot of people know junior college ball. But I want to back up and I want to ask you, Corey, first and foremost, like, when we talk about the game of football, why you choose to play football? Like, what did you get out of the game? What did the game teach you? Because I know it was just more than just bumping heads on the football field. A lot of people don't understand that. But um, what did you get out of the game playing it in general? Okay, look, before I get to that answer, just real quick, man, so much love and respect for you and your family, your household. Man, you guys have been embraced us and showed love and I just want to get that, let you guys know, like, I really appreciate y'all, man. I love y'all, man. Love you, bro. That's what's up. All right, so getting to that question. So for me, um, it was just all about having a, a work ethic, having a perspective on life, because the coaches really emphasize, like, hey, look, everybody may not make it <clears throat> to the professional level, but what this sport will do for you, it'll teach you, it'll give you some life lessons that you could take with you as far as, like, getting back up when you get knocked down. You know, and and understanding uh, timing. It's a game of uh, inches and uh, yards. So you got to understand in between these couple of seconds because each play only lasts a few seconds. And so in those few seconds, you got to be instinctive and, and think on your feet. You got to make the right choice. So you you correlate that to life. Like you angry, you mad, you just, you know, had a, a argument with somebody and those few seconds it can get ugly mm. if you don't make the right choice the right decision so like the coaches always put it in perspective like in real life you know this football being on the field it's all fun and games but you could take some of the experience and lessons and apply it to your life and so that always stood out to me that's what football really meant man that's real because a lot of people you know don't know like you get caught up in the game of just banging heads making a tackle getting the interception and you don't even know you're getting the the real like life principles and knowledge and wisdom that most people don't get until their adulthood. And that's why I never frown upon sports and the things that they teach. And we're going to get more in the upbringing on the next side of the question, too, um, because people need to understand where y'all come from and what y'all have seen, what you've heard, the things that make you the man that you are or have turned you into the man that most people wouldn't dream for you to be because it was stigma that you wouldn't turn out that way. So for you, Jamal, I'm going to ask you, it's the same question. Like, what did you get out of the game of football from the on-the-field stuff that you applied off the field? Just in general, just what did you get out of the game? Well, what I got out of the game is basically uh, it, it, it taught me to learn to understand. Well, basically the game taught me to prepare. It actually prepared me for everyday life, right? Mm -hmm. So – just in the workforce, working a nine to five, playing football, working with people, you know, teammates that's from all over, different mm -hmm. religions, different races, different nationalities. It prepared me to for the everyday life on how to deal with that on a daily basis because you had to understand that everything is not going to turn out and go the way you want to go. So you have to learn how to deal with people with different personalities. Mm -hmm. But in the same token, too, growing up, by me playing multi multiple sports, uh, 
just growing up, it, it was just rough. So like my parents already had told me like they didn't have money to, for me to afford for, for them to afford for me to go to college. So I had to make that choice to buckle down to get to college. Yeah. So then I also had to make another choice on which sport to focus on more. Mm-hmm. Being that I was good at everything, a lot of people don't know that I played baseball. I was mm-hmm. center field and pitcher. I was awesome at it. Mm-hmm. Rain track, played basketball, wasn't a bad basketball player either. But then I realized, like, all right, you got point guards that's like six four, six five, and I'm just six feet. Uh, that's not gonna work. That's not gonna work. So then when I found my Nick in the position I played linebacker, I'm like, oh yeah, I can excel at that. Then when coaches started talking to me and coming taking my mom out to eat for a birthday <laughs> and all that stuff, I'm like, you know, I could, I have something here. Yeah. So I use that as an avenue to leave to better myself and get a profound education. So at that time, I'm like, you know what? Moms can't afford it. Pops can't afford it. I'm, I'm going to focus more on this and get a degree mm-hmm. to be better because I wanted to leave the environment that I grew up in. I knew that that was something I didn't want to stay in and continue to live in. And also, too, like home is home. I love home, but I never wanted to go back to raise my kids there because it was it was rough. It's even rougher now, but – during that time, it was rough for me, but I was like, you know what, I'm better than it. So I wanted to show the world as 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 just like you said, everybody else that was saying that uh, they didn't expect, like, oh, you're not gonna go this way, you're not mm-hmm. you're not you're not gonna excel. So it's basically like it was a test for me to see that I could prove everybody wrong. They thought I was just gonna come back and be home regular like everybody else, working a regular nine to five, you know, sweeping the parking lot. No, you want something different. Different. And and I think like uh and and on the surface like you hear you hear from us we're from three different places like we're from three different regions of the United States. When you get on a team, the ability to learn like can I converse with somebody who didn't grow up like I did? Can I converse with somebody who talks a little bit different, got a different set of values and principles? And what you actually recognize is that you got more in common than you absolutely think. And I think that's universal for anybody, even if you didn't play sports. Like, but there's such a big wall between people because I don't know who this is or I think we might. Like, we block so many blessings not knowing that if you take the time to to converse with somebody, you may get something more fruitful than you could have ever imagined. And I want people to understand, like, where you grew up and where you come from. It's from Austin, Texas. Nobody here in Austin, Texas, they may not understand South Central L.A., Corey. And so um, can you talk to me? Briefly, because you don't have to keep trying to play football. You certainly don't have to keep, um, you know, going to a junior college because it's not the pretty route. So when you have a dream and you tell people you're going to a JC, they're like, bro, you should just kind of chalk it up. Like, you don't even have a scholarship, like, to a college. Like, maybe that's, you know, try a different dream. Why are you continuing to, like, play football when you know there's always an easier outlet which is what most of the peers are doing, which is getting swept up in street life. Like you're doing something that's hard is what I'm saying, and you're committing to something that's very difficult. Why are you making that choice for yourself as a man growing up in South Central L.A., as a teenager, I guess? Well, yeah, so back then there wasn't that many options, right? So they straight up just being straightforward. Mm -hmm. Either you was going to play sports or – they well they they tell you this is how you're gonna get out and make a living for yourself. You're gonna either do it through sports or some form of entertainment, music. And then so everybody put all of their efforts into sports, but then those who wasn't dedicated or just easily distracted, they went the street route, right? And in South Central in the nineties, 
if you don't know, it's just like the gang bang capital is mm-hmm. so ignorant because in the sense of the colors, right? It either you wearing red or blue and so it was just so many different like the politics is everywhere, but it's just different when in the streets, like the ones closest to you, of course, will get at you. So I understood that early that I didn't want to be a statistic. Like mm-hmm. they like, man, look, either you're gonna go to jail or you're gonna be dead for sure. And I'm like, that ain't gonna be my storyline. So I use sports, you know, football in particular as an avenue, you know, or a vehicle to, to get me out. And when I what I mean by get me out is like you still living in the hood, but your mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Like when your mindset is, is different, then your your mentality become different. So I understood, like, all right, sports is making me think different. You know, I'm not stuck in the hood mentally. So it was You're free. I'm free. Yeah, I freed myself through that. So, and it felt good because I didn't have to worry about looking over my shoulder, looking over my back. You know, worry about a, a color or you know some silly stuff like that. So, um, and I and I was okay at it, right? Yeah. Like in high school. I brag about this. I I was in the L.A. Times for football. Come on, all purpose. Come on, Corey. I played running back, kick return, Come on, corner. You know, L.A. Times. You feel L.A. Times? Let's go, it, baby. And it, it was like when I saw that, I was like, wow. You know, like yeah, like I can play though. Right, I but can, I can play. Right, yeah. and I was because I'm like the shortest, the smallest on the on the field, but have the biggest heart. Hey, y'all, Corey, give him give him the height, give him the height and weight. Five seven. Five seven. One at this time in in high school, I was probably one. 35 soaking, soaking wet. wet. Let's soaking go. Wet. Let's go, Ma. You know He's soaking I mean? wet. This Seahawks, baby. But the heart and the speed, <laughs> the they speed. say it killed. Like, yeah. You, so yes, I, sir. You know, and so if you took my mentality, I knew this too. If you took my mentality to put it in the street, I would have for sure been like one of them knuckleheads that was just going to do something ignorant real fast because yeah. I put everything into every anything that I do. So. I'm like, I gotta use this in a productive way. And like, and I want you to know this, like, so that's what's beautiful, right? My man is actually telling you he's one of the smallest individuals on the field, but because he had the heart, he had no fear. And it's a lot of people who could be six foot three, two hundred and forty, but when pads start cracking on the football field, you quickly learn what man, what a man has. And I, we've seen cats, and we know cats that who had all the body in the world, but you learn the different mentality of a person if they real or if they not. Once you start hitting, yeah. and you didn't run from that, you can't measure the heart. Come on, hey, we're gonna catch y'all on the other side of this break. We're gonna go and we're gonna pivot to my brother Jamal. We're gonna talk a little bit more about him. We're gonna dive into what makes all of our friendships uh, so special, and why having another man in your life, why having another woman in your life that is dependable, is essential towards your success. So, yo, let's go, ladies and gentlemen, so we can grow. Hey, listen, y'all. Tyler Campbell's Real Life Real Talk. Keep that thing playing. <laughs> keep that keep that playing, Ty. I'm laughing. Jamal, how much you how, how tall are you and how much you weigh? Right now, 6'1", 270. Okay, 6'1", 270. When we was playing ball, how much? I was 6'1", about 235. Okay. So he's not a small individual. And so him and choosing Neo and Calvin Harris. 
Let's go. Let's go. Let's I'm picturing go. this six foot Let's one, one two hundred seventy pound man dancing to techno music in the club and just making me laugh with no rhythm. But I love it though. <laughs> let's go. Hey, let's go. Tyler Campbell, aka Mr. TC Speaks. Appreciate you, Ty. Welcome to another edition of Real Life, Real Talk. One hundred four point nine, the Horn. Yo, shout out to Big Nate. Shout out to Eric from Lulin. Uh, Tyler Pendergrass, man. All the other listeners. Thank y'all for making the show what it is. Um, on Saturdays, texting in 512-337-3776. Um, just diving in deeper with my brothers who are here today, uh, my teammates, my close friends, shoulders to lean on, Corey Hall, hailing from South Central Los Angeles, uh, stand up, and my man Jamal Walton, who is now in the state of Georgia. Uh, Corey is living still in California, uh, but it's important for me to explain where they came from. and They keep their city within their heart no matter where they are. Um, my teammates from Pasadena City College and uh, Corey and Jamal were just talking about briefly in the first segment, you know, what the game of football means to them, what they've learned from that. Um, I also want to pivot back to Jamal really quickly because you made a decision to go to California and Pasadena. You're in Louisiana, so you made a journey that was even further than mine from the state of Texas. You, you're from the boot, so that's that's a whole other state over. Absolutely. Um, can you talk about you know, being young but still choosing to bet on yourself in a way, and you choosing to go from the boot. I don't know if you knew anybody in Pasadena, California. I didn't know nobody in Pasadena, California. Didn't but, have no, no, didn't know about it. I just went out there blind. Like you just, like you took a chance. Took a what, big time chance. what was that like? And how did you know this is where you were gonna go? Because it, it's it, it doesn't make sense on the surface. Right. So just summing all summing everything up. Uh, like my brother Corey. Uh, 2003, I was ranked number four in the state of Louisiana linebacker. People really feared me. So everybody had that high expectation that I was going to go D1 mm-hmm. right in, in which I did have the athletic abilities and I had the GPA. But during that time, I didn't really know nothing about SAT or ACT. So I wind up taking those test scores, taking the test late. Mm-hmm. So my first time I scored on it, you know, that was my first time taking a standardized test like that to that degree. So it was, I'm going to be honest with I'm going to tell everybody, it was a 16. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of schools backed off on me. So I took remedial courses and I took it again and I got a 20. But during that time, not everybody gave out all the scholarships and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I chose to go to Southeastern. So when I got to Southeastern, where Hell Mummy was the head coach, he actually said he had scholarships still open. But when I got there, it wasn't none left. So I felt like they just kind of put me on the back burner, treated me wrong. Then my grandmother got a leg amputated during that time. And I'm yeah, a grandma. Yeah, Betty. 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 Yeah. Come on. So I went back home, took care of Betty, and I wasn't even going to play ball no more. But then Betty was like, I see you unhappy. And everybody just kept coming to me. I thought you was playing ball. So I had to make that decision to go. So I could have went to Mississippi. But randomly out of blue, a coach calling me, Coach Coach Paredes. We yeah. know he called us, told us call him Unc. He hit me up and was like, man, come out here and play. So I'm like. Why not? So then that Tupac song, to live and die. And oh, man, that's the place the to be. Place Look, Corey rocking now. So <laughs> Come on. So I took that chance, and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to rock with it. So I yeah. flew out there. I saved up my money, about $2,000, and went out there, and I just took that chance. But I wanted to set that foundation. I always just looked at it like with my athletic ability, I can get a college degree or even get drafted at some point in time in my life. If not, I have the essentials to fall back on to take care of my family and set that foundation to where – we don't have to struggle as much as we did growing up. Growing I wanted up. to be the change. So I wanted to build a foundation for when my siblings and our kids have kids, they have something to fall back on. They have that that network to build. And that's mm-hmm. what I always wanted to do. And actually, right now, it's things that's set in place. So, like, if anything happened to me today or tomorrow, 
my children, children could have that option. Like, you know what, daddy left this behind. This is what he was doing. We could either enhance this Mm -hmm. or sell it and invest in something else. But now you have something to fall back on. That's that you creating generational wealth and a, and a change in mindset that possibly was never there. So that's what I'm talking about. Like the journeys that you all have, don't sell it short as men, because what y'all are doing with the decisions that you made to keep pressing and to keep dreaming, those are going to give birth and light into another generation in a way that may not have been presented before you. Or maybe it was, but you you keeping it going. Um, and, and that's like that's what's so special. I think, you know. It's important to understand that that people have a journey, you know, and y'all's willingness to stay committed and consistent to that journey. I want to make sure y'all give yourselves flowers. And it's crazy because I think for me, honestly, junior college fellas, it taught me like to be okay that if that's not your initial plan, like it's cool. Like you said, it's not about how you get to the NFL. It's just the fact that you got there. It wasn't about where you got your education from. Just the fact that you got one and that you held true and were able to get one. You know what I'm saying? So. It causes you, it caused me to just think at things differently. Like, there's not just one way to do something. And sometimes we get cannibalized, like, just because Michael Jordan's journey was like this, or Walter Payton's journey looked like that, or Adrian Peterson's journey was this, or Rihanna's journey beyond. Like, there are so many different ways to get to where you want to be. Don't get sucking into thinking that it's just like that. And so, when we was in junior college, I want people to know, like, junior college is not Division One football. Not at all. Like we we really like fighting for ourselves. We fighting for we fighting for life. We fighting for food. We <laughs> we fight, we fighting for laundry detergent. We fighting for dish soap. Um, can you pieces it, of pork chop? Pieces of pork chop, man. Holy that up. Pieces of pork chop. So so listen. Okay. So I want you to give me like one of your what was one of your most trying times that you had to go through mentally or even even physically that was just like you just had to encounter something in junior college sports that you just you had never been through before like it was something that really hit you hard in your spirit and you had to be like do I really want to keep doing this or do I need to do something else what what was it for you Corey that was something like that for me even though I was undersized I always got on the field so now when I go to PCC we have a, a bunch of back uh bounce back yep. um college D one uh talent players mm-hmm. and so not just coming from behind them like off the bench, I might not even get in the game and so I'm not used to that. So but then I lean back on what my coaches say, like you gotta take mental reps, right? So mm-hmm. you watching somebody else in the game, really you're gonna get an opportunity, you gotta stay ready. So my mentality was like they making me better already because they already on another level than I am. Because especially back in South Central, the high school I went to, we came from a renegade program, meaning there wasn't a lot of resources. Right. Right. We didn't have a, equipment managers. We didn't have a, a bunch of staff on on the squad helping us out in these specialized positions. So then when we go to PCC, we got multiple coaches in that that's coaching multiple positions. So now. It's a whole, it's levels to this. Yeah. Right? So I'm like, man, like, what can I do to even get on the special team? Like, let me get on the special teams where I'm on either the kick, return, kickoff team, punt team, something. And that's what I did. I, I, I just kept working hard. I didn't give up. But, yeah, it was just tough, like, you know, coming from where I'm from and I was getting some love on the field to get no love yeah. at my position on top of that. So, 
That was tough, but I still got in the game, so don't get it twisted. Nah, that's I, what I'm saying. I still got in there and made some plays, but it was just tough seeing like that there was another level to this. That's it. And, but, and then you're doing practice preparation for life because you exactly. don't always get the promotion you want. You don't mm-hmm. always get the relationships you want, but you still got to figure out how to pick up the pieces and, and keep pushing. Like you're giving real-life life principles in our youthful age <clears throat> to apply to life, and you kept going. Yep. So, Molly... Like what was it? What was it for you? Cause it's a lot, and it's a lot. You know, I still so like. There's Last Chance You on uh, <laughs> on on Netflix. I feel like that's only giving people snippets of, of oh, junior most, college most life, definitely. bro. Like it's it's still it's tougher than that. But anyway, uh, go right ahead, brother. What what so, what so was look, it for you? Like I know I know the fans out there won't hear my little accent. You're yeah. I'm about to go on and give it to him right now. I'm okay. gonna give it to him just Let's like go. this. So okay, look, give it to him. Look, T Town. So my most challenging moment I see would have to be. Before I met you, when I came out there, Coach P and them put us in this this house. We called it Ranchel Kokomon. It was me, <laughs> Southside, Tim, and yeah. John Johnson, right? And the thing that became challenging to me, because we were so far from PCC, we was probably like 25, maybe 30 minutes. So we was really catching a ride back and forth. So that was a, a, a monkey wrench right there. So when I went to Popeye's, me, John, Southside, Tim, we all went to Popeye's. i never forget. And that's my first time ever going to Popeye's and it was just one race in there, and they didn't really want to serve us no food. Mm-hmm. So then we got Popeye's chicken, and we was coming back walking, and one of the essays had said something. And I'm like, yo, I'm like, so Southside said something back to him, and boom, he took off. And then I'm looking again, and I'm like, man, they just jumped in the van. So this was the most challenging time for me. So, like, I took off, and I'm like, well, I'm going back to the house, so I'm running fast. I don't even think I ever ran that fast in my life. So by the time I got to the house, <laughs> I had to ran the skin off the Popeye's chicken because when I got no, home, I kid you not when I tell you this for real. When yeah, I opened yeah. the box, it was That's just it. it was just nothing but meat. It yeah. was no, the skin was to the side. But then that was that moment when they kept circling the house and they was they got out the little van. It was probably like seven of them. So now we hiding up in the basement. I'm sweating. Mm-hmm. It's during the summertime. We burning up up there. I'm like, man, I, I don't know where I'm at. I'm out here. I don't have no family, no friends. I got. My couple of teammates, two of them I just met. I'm like, man, I'm about to catch a bullet over these guys. I'm like, I, I, I'm like, this might not be for me. So mm-hmm. that's when I called Coach P and told him, like, this is not going to work out. So that next day, that's when we had the South Bonnie house yeah. upstairs. But during that time like that, I'm like, is it worth me coming out here, getting jammed up on something like this, being that I'm paying out of pocket for college? I'm like, it, it's, it's not worth it. So that was the most – challenging moment for me with junior college that that beginning but then after that like once I came to South Bonnie and then other things that transpired it wasn't as bad because I always had tough skin anyway you know mm-hmm. I, football transpired I used it as my everyday life because I'm a linebacker so I I approach everything aggressively and I feel like I can't be defeated enough any obstacle or task that's set before me I feel like I could tackle that too. Like that's just my mentality. Right. But I had to adjust it as I get older because, like, all right, but you can't really carry that football <laughs> mentality no more. Like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pipe down. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Like so, I had to adjust to that. But I think just me having that linebackers mentality and that aggressiveness and me approaching everything, it helped me out even with tough situations, tough situations to where the average person would just give up, fold up just shut down complete. And I had my time, my trying times where I did want to do that, mm-hmm. being way out there, away from family, you know. But like I said, I met you, I met Corey, I met my brothers, and then my brothers, be my friends became my brothers, and That's we're right. still brothers till this day. And that was everything to me because I, I learned a lot from y'all too. Yeah. I learned how to 
humble myself. Like say it, Tyler, you taught me how to study. Like I never was that type of study. I, uh, I was yeah. like drum line. <laughs> so like I hear the professor lecture yeah. and then boom, I go take the test and then I remember everything he said. But when another student might make the professor mad and it's like, oh man, all right, we got a pop quiz. And I fail that quiz and I'm mad at the whole class. I'm like, bro, you done messed up now. I can't get the information. So the professor be like, read chapter one and two. I'm not about to read that. So just observing you going to the library, spending all the time like, Ma, this is how you got to do it. So I adapted that. Yeah. And I thank you for that. I adapted that and th- that that made me a monster. So it's nothing now that I can't apply myself to and succeed at it. Hey, and, and y'all y'all need to know this, man. That's my brother. You know, me, me and Jamal, me and Jamal, uh, he, like we hit it off and he actually ended up living with me. Um, for off some other other drama that we ain't even we ain't gonna get to, but I remember when Jamal told me like low key, he said, "Man, I don't even know where the library is on campus." Didn't at all. Didn't, didn't even know. know. And, and like, and so it was the understanding. Like, and what I learned was that it was never that cats like because there's always that that stigma that's out there that football players ain't smart. You know, whatever your race is, I ain't even going that route. I'm just saying like football players ain't smart. And in that moment, what I knew was that the cats who I was with had like survivor skills 101, like intuition, like could could see them like the feel of if this is a play, like had so many instincts. And so when I looked at y'all, when I looked at y'all as my brothers growing up differently, I was like, yo, since those instincts are so incredibly high, they know how to know cats know how to survive. Imagine what it's like if somebody would actually take the time and show them like the academics and give them the confidence to do it. Cause they got all the other mm-hmm. ars- other things in the arsenal. Like it's so powerful to be able to have these skills at such a young age to be coveted. If somebody just took the time to usher them, and, and I remember Ma's grades like flipping, turning upside down, and and from, I, from that moment, from, you're that right, moment. from that moment, and from when I left Pasadena with Clark Atlanta University, I made dean's list every semester. And all it was Every was somebody semester. taking the time. I didn't do Every nothing semester. special. It was yeah. just like somebody taking the time. And for me, my wake up call, and I and we talked about it. Like we talked about this last night. There was a, a cat on our football team who was literally homeless. Mm-hmm. Like hear what I'm telling y'all. We 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 teenagers. He was homeless. I was 17 when I was out there. Maybe he would have been in his early 20s, whatever. But had lived a life homeless, and he's going to school. He's washing his clothes in the sinks of our locker room mm-hmm. and then showing up the next day with a smile on his face as if nothing like just living life. That's junior college football. Mm-hmm. He's a doctor today. right? And he's a and yeah, he, he, adopted. He's, he, he went he, from foster home to foster, foster home, home to foster yeah. home and, and now living well. Graduated mm-hmm. from the same university Jamal went to. Yeah, mm-hmm. Clark Atlanta University. And, and he wasn't the best athlete. But one thing I will say about Donovan, he worked. He never gave up, always kept a smile, always was positive. You never caught him down, sad, angry. Every now and then, you know, he'll be frustrated about stuff. But for the most part, his energy has always been positive. Always. And so, that's it. And so I, I learned so much from my brothers. Like, y'all have no idea. And so I, I need everybody to know that, like, the product of the man that you see is because of who they are and their willingness to share their hearts. Like we got, and we have only a few minutes of the show, and I want y'all to end it like this. And I'm gonna pivot. Go ahead, Corey. You got some? Just ahead. real quick. Yeah. And that's what it's about, right? The experiences and the friendships when you go to to different places, even if it's work, school, wherever it is. Like you gotta be open, open. to different things and different people, and uh, you gotta embrace uh, difference. You know what I mean? Like 
That's what it's all about. Man, I embrace In N Out Burger with no problem. Come on. I embrace chicken cat soup from L and L Hawaiian Should've Barbecue. Got you some burgers, yes, some Roscoe. Bro, I didn't on, even man. man, I didn't I didn't I, and, 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 and don't forget cracking about cracking about and, 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 and potato wedges. Or for, for for me, I, I didn't know what a I'm be honest, I didn't know what a Samoan was until we met Paolo. Until we met Paolo. Yeah. I got introduced to other culture and other value systems that paid dividends for me. Diversity and Diversity inclusion. Diversity and inclusion. And that and those things and Diversity. being open to those things are so powerful. Yeah. Um so as we come come on the show, what like the brother like the brotherhood, I think um like y'all are my brothers. Um by by them being here, they they blessed my family, they blessed my children. My son has like Uncles in his life that he didn't even know were existing. He taught me chess. Yeah, we was, yeah. What? You know what I'm saying. Yeah. And so I want to talk about brotherhood just for a second because a lot of times, like a lot of men don't don't feel like they can get into to relationships with other men, friendships with with other men. Excuse me, and feel like we can't have what the ladies have. Like when we think about long lasting relationships, we think the ladies got that on lock. Um, can you talk about like friendships and bonds that that football helped maybe make it easier? For you to to connect with certain individuals, or, or what what these levels of friendship have done for you in your personal life. See? So for me, it's like the vulnerability, right? Like being vulnerable with this player, this person that you on the field with. That's mm. a connection right there. We both took this L, mm. right? You may have been that person that didn't make the right play or the right decision at the at the time, and maybe you would thought like, oh, I lost us the game." So now you going to the locker room after the game with your head down, you feeling mad and sad, and then to have your brother next to you and to lift you up, to uplift you. And, like, so being vulnerable as a man, like, sometimes that's hard because we got we have so much pride, yeah. you know, it's hard to put that to the side. So when you have somebody that you can just be vulnerable with and and just, you know, say, hey, man, we got we got another game coming or – just talk about that situation with <clears throat> that's life in itself. And then outside of that, you talking about stuff that's going on in your life. Like we just was talking about one of the cats on our team that didn't have it. Right. And then how you opened your doors up for Jamal. Like that's what you know, the friendship, the bond, all of that. That's where it come to play because we having this same experience and we are just trying to survive. We are mm-hmm. trying to figure it out. I might have ten dollars. My mom may have shot me a hundred dollars for the week, and your parents may have didn't, didn't shoot you nothing. So I'm gonna look out you. for you. I got you. And then that that bring like that brotherhood like forever because it's like man, I remember when I was down, you didn't talk about me. You didn't. Well, you wasn't stingy. You was like, mm-hmm. come on, man, I'm gonna take you under my wings. You, you know, I got you this time around, and vice versa. So that stuff you ain't gonna ever forget. You know, so that's real. Hey, cause we, me, we, the ninety nine cent store in California was like the greatest thing since sliced bread to yeah. so many of us. Cause you put, we put our chains together and Spread. we going shopping Especially in the ninety nine cent store. In the house, come you on, cook in the house, boy, you make a meal, man. So let me tell y'all something. I love y'all. I respect y'all. Jamal, give the people one sentence of advice. You got about ten seconds. Hey, if it's anything you could do in life, live every day as your last. Whether it's good or bad, give it your all, and you will be amazed at the end of the day how success and doors open up for you. That's the best I could give you. Hey, I love y'all. I respect y'all. This is Real Life, Real Talk. We'll catch y'all next Saturday. Go get your tickets at ProPlayerFoundation.org. Keep God first. Keep him first. Peace. (laughs) Yes, sir. We out.